Welcome to Urban Forum Northwest with your co-hosts, Haywood Evans and Eddie Rye. I want to let folks know, first of all, we're trying to connect with Congressman Emanuel Cleaver uh, out of Missouri. Uh, we know that they are doing sessions and what happens, what's happening in D.C. right now. Uh, it's hard for him to maintain a regular schedule. But while we wait uh, for him, I want to let folks know, we want to thank uh, me and Rice, the Port of Seattle's Diversity Contracting Office, Leslie Jones, San Francis Office of Labor Relations, and the new Civil Rights Office. Uh, Liz Alzir, the City Sales Person Construction Service Office with Jesse and Mark down there. Concourse Concessions with Dave Fukuhara and SeaTac Bar Group LLC with Rod O'Neill and Jerry, Whit Jerry Whitsitt. Those guys, so business is so at the airport still, we can understand that, but everybody stands safe. And then Stephanie Ogle is, uh, does, uh, she's a uh, technical uh, uh, specialist. So uh, a lot of things are happening. I also want to let folks know that uh, in the Seattle medium, and we'll be talking with a columnist a little later, Dr. Ife Williams, who is a, a, a national president and CEO of the uh, Black uh, uh, Congress, of, National Congress of Black Women. So anyway, Hayward, are you online yet? I guess he's still working on it. No, 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 no I'm here. Okay, yeah, so anyway, uh, uh, we're waiting for, I'm trying to hook up with Congressman Cleaver, like you know how things are in DC. But what I do wanna say is that, uh, uh, I just heard uh, today, uh, after the uh, attempt to overthrow the government, uh, January 6th, that uh, the lady that uh, stole Nancy Pelosi's uh, laptop and was part of uh, the seditionists, the insurrectionists, uh, her penalty so far has been home confinement. Now, and you know, her brother would get a year in, in jail for stealing the Snickers out the mini-mart. Yeah, so, I mean, we're talking about I mean, an attempt to be a part of a group to attempt, attempt to overthrow the United States government and you get sent home, like most of those folks wasn't arrested. And uh, it's just, now I understand that we have six Seattle Police Department officers who were back there. I don't know what involvement they had, but it kind of shows you the mentality with Black Lives Matter and uh, folks have been screaming for years that, uh, you know, there needs to be uh, some kind of exam, not only for the soldiers, like the, they uh, found a National Guardsman uh, guilty of uh, catering and being a, a part of white supremacists. And the same thing needs to happen with all the police departments. That's why we have so many black people killed because they have no regard for black life. So I just had to get that out of my system. So Eddie, you made it real clear. White privilege is very real to the extent that they would there would be an insurgency. They can carry the Confederate flag with limited uh, uh, ramifications. And that lady was going to sell that computer to the Russians. I mean, come on. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a double standard. One thing about it is that it went all around the world, and uh, you know it's amazing that uh, now that uh, 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 Joseph Biden is president, Kamala Harris, and there's a new attorney general. I want to see what expediency. But what I'm also kind of uh, surprised about is the fact that. Uh, uh, there's, I haven't heard of any charges against the people who incited that riot and that insurrection of the United States government that trashed uh, the, uh, the temple of democracy in this country. Uh, I, where are the charges? I mean, we have, we know who the people were. They're on tape. So they're like, and when this uh, uh, impeachment goes to the Senate, there's no reason to have a lengthy trial. You got to do is show some of the film. And then uh, they say, Black Lives Matter say defund the police. Well, the Trump leader, uh, Trump supporters and the white supremacists 
believe in killing the police because that's what happened in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. Well, and, and, you know, we need to come to grips with who we are as a culture and a people. Racial capitalism built this country. I mean, that's what it was built on. And the fact that these people would push that white privilege to the, to the point that they would try to usurp our, our national, our, our capital, this is just sort of mind boggling. And, and the question becomes, where do we go from here and how do we protect ourselves? And thing, the thing, you know, the irony is that here you have uh, those blacks who are members of the Capitol Police being called the N-word by the insurrectionists. And they have to take all that abuse while trying to protect. I mean, it's like uh, black folks uh, forever going to wars uh, to defend this country and coming back to segregation, degradation, lack of opportunities, and uh, no uh, opportunities for, for uh, the things other people are experiencing in this country. And uh, after 400 years, there's still people still saying, well, it's not fair to do stuff just for African descendants of the United States enslaved. Well, you it know, wasn't we, fair for us to build this country for freezer. For Trump to come out with, the, um, with that uh, 1776 report on Martin Luther King Day, and where it says that we need to get over we need to get over slavery, move on. You know, slavery was all around the world, but it didn't speak to the fact that slavery in the United States was- Hey, a we have, we, Congress Cleaver Cleaver's joined us. Congressman Cleaver. Hello. Congressman Cleaver? Yes. Oh, okay, Eddie Ryan, Hayward Evans here, sir. I hope, you, I hope you're safe in Washington, D.C. Uh, yes, I'm still here in Washington, D.C. Uh, okay. I'm looking forward to- uh, uh, talking with your audience. So, what is it? Uh, you know, I, I just heard, we just heard that uh, the lady that uh, was on tape uh, stealing Nancy Pelosi's laptop that she was going to sell to the Russians. She she has a home detention. She's not in jail. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and and she actually didn't get. She thought she had Nancy Pelosi's. Uh, a laptop, it actually belongs to one of her staffers, uh, to Pelosi's staffer. Uh, but the, the the problem is the same. You know, you stole you stole government property, uh, and then secondly, uh, if uh, if it can be determined if there was any effort to make contact with Russian intelligence, then you got real serious problems. You got double digit prison time coming. Uh, will she do it from home? <laughs> oh no, uh, no. She if, if she gets uh, indicted, the FBI is still doing the investigation. If she gets indicted, no, this is this is not not going to be home confinement. This will be, as they say in those old 1960s movies, this will be uh, big house time. Well, you know, going to um, to the new administration, uh, a lot of people in in our community have been kind of a uh, little bit uh, concerned with the fact the first thing they heard about was, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. I support immigration reform, but there was no talk about reparations or nothing for African descendants, of the United States enslaved. There was no talk about having a federal designation for the people who've been here for 400 years that built this joint for free, like for a separate in every federal agency. We got the black people working there already had a, 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 and also have it set up. So when we do contracting with the government, we don't have to do it under those large white firms because 
uh, we can show you it does not work. That's why we don't have any firms right now because it does not work. So I was just wondering, I know uh, Congressman Bobby Scott said, well, Supreme Court, but I, I'm just thinking that uh, we need to, you know, everybody's admitting what, is, what it's been like. So what is your feelings on having something like that? Well, yeah, we've talked about that within, within the uh, confines of the Congressional Black Caucus, that we are on record supporting something similar to that. Uh, you know, we haven't gone in, into the deep detail. We, we, what we want to do is get congressional approval, which is, is going to be uh, extremely difficult to do uh, because uh, the, our numbers are so close. Uh, in other words, we, we have one vote to spare in the Senate. And um, well, actually, we don't have any votes to spare. It's a 50-50 mm -hmm. tie. That's uh, right. But in the House, we have a, a seven-vote margin. So we, you know, uh, we and we, for example, today we have this uh, issue about whether or not we're going to grant waiver for an African-American man uh, who, uh, who has been nominated as the Secretary of Defense. But he has he has been out of the military only two years, uh, and so uh, right now we have an arbitrary number of seven. Uh, but uh, Mattis uh, was given a waiver because uh, he hadn't been uh, retired for seven years, uh, and so um, uh, Lloyd Austin is uh, the uh, African American retired general uh, who would become the first African American to be in charge of the military of the United States. And um, uh, unfortunately, we had five African-Americans who voted against giving the waiver, and that passed. Uh, but many of us are just concerned about the optics, um, you know, of uh, people voting uh, against it. And uh, I, I think, um, you know, the the... We may have a problem in the in the in the in the Senate, uh, which is where the confirmation occurs. The House doesn't confirm. All we do is, uh, in the, in this case, is we send over a resolution to the Senate saying we want that waiver uh, for uh, uh, for General Austin as it, as it was voted for uh, uh, Mattis uh, to become Defense Secretary for for uh, uh, Trump. So, uh, but the, the, on your point about the, uh, the, the that you originally asked, which is uh, of, of whether or not uh, Congress is going to make any moves uh, toward reparation, I, I think uh, that probably will be uh, the, the 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 problem is you know it, we are we are in charge, but our, our margins are thin, thin, which means we can't lose very many votes. Number one and number two, uh, you know, in, if we go to the Senate, uh, even though we have the, the tiebreaker with uh, Kamala Harris, uh, we are not veto. I'm, I'm sorry, we're not filibuster proof. Uh, and so, you know, if, if you can kill a bill in the Senate infinitely easier. Uh, than it is uh, than it would be uh, in the House, because one person can actually stop a, bi uh, a legislation in the Senate. They have all these arcane rules. Uh, so, um, I, I, you know, I, I support it. I don't know uh, how far we're, we're going to get it. And I think 
uh, President Biden was very likely supported. I, I don't I don't know if he has has, made, has, has actually put that into uh, in, any kind of a policy policy statement, but uh, I, I would be very very uh, surprised okay. that uh, if he did not support it. I mean, he's the first president in history who actually, in his, in in the, the uh, inauguration a statement, talked about white supremacy, uh, and uh, we, we were pleasantly uh, surprised that he spoke so strongly about that in his statement. And I think it was to give some kind of uh, nod to Black America that I, you know, I I'm, I haven't forgotten. So. Uh, <laughs> We have a, a, a gentleman, he's uh, just been elected chair of the Senate Democratic Caucus in Washington State. His name is Senator Bob Hasegawa, and uh, he's he's going to join us for a few minutes. I'd like to have you just meet him by phone. Uh, he also okay. knows your former executive director of the CBC, Angela Rye, as well. Uh, oh, Senator Hasegawa, sure. you on the line? Hey, Eddie. How's it going, man? Okay, uh, uh, Congressman Emanuel Cleaver is on along with my co-host Hayward Evans. So I wanted you to meet Congressman Cleaver. He's back in D.C. And Senator Bob, uh, Congressman Cleaver, you know, the, the anarchists and uh, the, uh, they, uh, they uh, stormed the governor's mansion in, in Olympia, in the state capitol, right, Bob? Yeah, well, they got right up to the front door and then they uh, were turned back at that point. But they were armed and knocking on the door. Yeah. And Congressman, the, the last year when I was coming back from lobbying in Olympia, I passed, a truck passed me with about three guys in it, a big, huge Confederate flag in the back of it. So the flag is uh, is all over and we know what it represents. Yeah, big, bigotry. Uh, yes. And and I, I want to make sure everybody understands that uh, the, um, uh, the people who attempted the coup d'etat last week uh, did have um, uh, those uh, hate flags uh, with them inside uh, the Capitol. Uh, and uh, it may be of importance. I just finished talking to one of the Capitol Hill police officers. And, uh, you know, well, I guess maybe nobody in the audience would be surprised to find out that in that crowd, as they were trying to hold them, as the police were trying to hold them out, uh, the black police, uh, members were being called the N-word yes. uh, by people, uh, you know, knocking down the, the doors and walls. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's, it's difficult in this country to, to extract race from anything. It's almost always going to be somewhere involved in anything we do, particularly if it's negative. Yeah. Well, Congressman, I want to thank you today. So we'll have to have you back next uh, in a couple of weeks so we can go in a little bit more detail after these things kind of settle down and you guys uh, do a little bit more work in, in the session. So I uh, thank you, but I wanted you to meet uh, our chair of the Senate Democratic Caucus in our state, Senator House of Gawa. So thank you very much, Congressman. We'll talk to you soon. I want to say okay, uh, congratulations on a new day in D.C. too, Congressman Cleaver. Thanks for all your good work. Thank you. It's a tough time, but we're, we appreciate knowing that you guys are out there fighting a good fight, too. So thank you very much, and I look forward to uh, getting back with you some other time. Okay. Too bad we can't come back there. I'm not getting on no planes or cruise ships. No, don't, no I wouldn't invite anybody to come up. Uh, I'll tell you this very quickly. 
uh, one of the police officers told me that her, that her greatest fear is that when uh, all of the troops have left Washington and the weather starts turning warm and we end up having uh, the return of visitors, uh, you know, we used to have thousands of people coming into the into the building every uh, every day, and uh, and and she said that she and other officers fear that uh, these guys could organize and, and all come to go on a tour at the same day, and that anything bad could could happen. And so uh, it looks like it might be over, but you know, sometimes when it looks like it's like it's over, it ain't over. Yeah, you're right about that. Okay, so thank you very much. We appreciate you. Appreciate all, right. all the work you're doing. Good to meet you, Senator. Okay. Too, okay, Senator Bob, why don't you uh, give us uh, how this virtual session is going, uh, since I guess all the testimony is going to be by uh, uh, Zoom, and uh, there will be uh, what little or no contact with people in Olympia? Yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. You know, everybody's trying to get used to that. Before I get into that, I just want to share a quick story about um, you know, I, I heard that the Nazi flag was outlawed in Germany, so now they're starting to carry Confederate flags over there. And, you know, we got the, the, the head Nazi out of office, finally, uh, in D.C., but, you know, it's a serious problem globally, uh, white supremacy. So, anyway, just want to get that out there. Uh, no, yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's, that's very just, appropriate. <laughs> The the session is, um, in a lot of ways, it's been really opened up for people from our community to start weighing in on the bills that are being heard. Uh, you know, we're try I'm trying to get all of our committee uh, chairs to start applying some sort of racial equity analysis to all the bills that they're moving out. So uh, I have a meeting, a, a convene a meeting of the chairs for tomorrow to sort of have this conversation because we need, before we actually cast a vote on the bills, we should know whether or not there's potentially disparate impacts uh, created by that legislation, any piece of legislation. So um, working with the chairs of all of our committees to do that, uh, you know, I also had a bill to create a racial equity impact statement process, similar to a fiscal note process where, you know, if we somebody drops a bill, we need to know how much it's going to cost to implement the bill. Well, this process will parallel that, and we will come back with some sort of racial equity analysis attached to the bills as well. So um, I've had that bill for a few years now. Um, Representative Ty from the 41st District wants to move it from the House side this time, so she's carrying the bill. So if, if your listeners can help weigh in on that bill to get that process, get the bill passed and get that process implemented, it'd be a great help. But um, well, there's, There was uh, one uh, bill that, some members of the Hawaii State Civil Rights Coalition were concerned with having to deal with CPARP. Uh, Hayward, are you on the line? Okay, I thought he had the information. So anyway, uh, but uh, there is That's the first a. First time uh, I've heard Hayward speechless. What's up with that? He he must have taken a, one of those breaks. But anyway, <laughs> uh, I know that there was some information 
uh, circulating that, that, what, that was somewhat concerning to members of the Civil Rights Coalition having to do with the structure and the extension of uh, the CPARP like it is. Uh, it's, it's, you know, in the past, we've just seen our folks shut completely out. So uh, I know that uh, there was some information. That if if uh, Hayward don't get it to you now, I'm sure he'll, he'll get in touch. Hayward, are you back yet? Okay, let's go to your next piece of legislation. And you're saying, and be, I know because of people are able, not don't have to get on the highway, and a lot of people didn't have means or the ability, because I, I like, I like uh, and I think in the future, even if we have in-person uh, testimony, for people given meeting certain criteria, whether it's age, whether it's, it's physical mobility or financial ability to come down to Olympia to, to testify. I know people have been receiving letters and stuff, but I was just wondering, what's the possibility of extending that process when uh, the Olympia opens back up with in-person uh, testimony interaction? You mean extending our remote testimony capacity once the legislature reopens? Yes. Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, I think it's a done deal by the way the look it's looking right now because so many more people are invited into the process. But the problem is that, for instance, we just had a bill, uh, a hearing on a bill uh, on Monday in state government committee. And normally you'd get, at the most, a couple hundred people signing in one way or the other uh, to support or opposing a bill or wanting to testify or whatnot. On this one bill, we had like 1,647 people signing in on the bill. And it's, it's only, the bill only had an hour for testimony, right? So uh, we have to figure out how to manage all of that, yet allow everybody that opportunity for input. And so those are some of the things we need to talk about with our chairs. How do we prioritize community people who are wanting to testify? But even then, only a handful of them will get a chance because with that many people, you know, it's like we, we tried to limit everybody to one minute. And even then, you can imagine how many people did not get a chance to speak. So those are some of the complications of opening up the process, but it really is an opportunity for our community members to to put their thumb on the scale, so to speak. No, no, I agree. And then even if it came down to where we could have a staff or a, a budgetary item to have a center of uh, uh, input, citizen input, for example, and let people you know who work for the committees take the most relevant pieces of the testimony and make forward it on. But I think uh, Hayward Evans has a technical definitely. Are you back on Hayward? Oh yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you loud. I got now, you, okay. Hey, Senator Hasegawa, good hearing your voice again. I could hear the whole time, but I couldn't pull it back up to take my mute off. But, but you know, we, we have some serious concerns, Washington State Civil Rights Coalition, about that reauthorization committee and what they're doing with that CPARP. Uh, and so I guess we're going to be sending you some information because we think it's really not in the best interest of our community and people. Yeah, so um, that bill uh, was CPARB for your listeners is uh, the Capital Projects Advisory Review Board. And what it does is review 
um, proposals by any government, state or local, to um, use an alternative contracting process, design, build, or GCCM, uh, general contractor and construction manager type of bidding process, construction process, and then um, the um, job order contracting process. So CPAR had, the committee had met and could put some proposals together. So we're able to put our foot on the brake a little bit, and we forced them to have the conversation about equity, building equity into the bill. So there's only like, I don't know, five of us who are people of color on the CPAR itself. Uh, excuse me, but alarm is going off here while I'm talking. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. And Senator Hasegawa, you you know that's been our biggest concern over these past years, since 1989, since uh, when they passed the uh, I-200. Yeah, you got it. For us, and all they're doing now is reinforcing it. So we have some serious problems with this bill. This has been legislation currently recommending. As it's written currently. Well, as it's written currently, I'm going to complete a review. We've been going over it, and uh, uh, you're going to be getting our notes. Yeah, okay. Well, we, as I was starting to say, we forced that issue to have that equity conversation. So um, the uh, Wimby office director and uh, a Bellevue City Council member who is a woman of color um, and uh, an architect who's a man of color and the uh, person from the UW, the new person, not not the old UW, but uh, the new person who has is pushing this issue as well. So we were able to force language into the current version of the bill because um, we didn't have any other input from the community. We used to have community members show up, but they we didn't get any for this one. So uh, we were pushing the issue and we got it into the bill but it wasn't what the whole committee had wanted so um were they reluctantly agreed to it and we got our language in and i think it's a pretty good step forward now and senator that's why we're so glad we have you down in olympia and the chair of the Senate Senate uh, Minority Caucus, but but on the uh, uh, People of Color Caucus. Yeah, let me say that right now. Uh, Senator Hasegawa has been elected is the chair of the Senate Democratic Caucus. Woo! So congratulations, Senator. Congratulations. We're going to talk about. Uh, can we just ask about? <laughs> we want to talk about uh, uh, Hayward's favorite topic with you is Washington Investment Trust. Thank we're you. out of time. But you, uh, that's been passed off. But we, next time you have, we have you on in a couple of weeks, Senator Bob, we want to have you talk about or either have one of the co-sponsors of the new bill on the, the Washington Investment Trust. We'd like to have one of them on with you because it was your baby. And uh, I know you know politics and you know when to, when to hold them and when to fold them. So thank you very much for your time, sir. We certainly appreciate you. Well, thanks, Eddie. But let me tell you, we, we got it scheduled for a hearing now. Uh, Senate Bill 5188. I think it's 5188. Anyway, uh, it's scheduled for a hearing. Um, okay, well, I need to we, get that information so, so we can get it out to the public. And I, I will send it to you. 
I will appreciate send, it, sir. Thank you very yeah, much. You can get everybody to weigh in as a pro, testify as a pro, you know. Okay, that will happen. Right on. Last time, last time we had 50 people for it. One broke leg bank lobbyist had that. <laughs> anyway, happy new year, happy King Day. I'll talk to you soon, sir. Bob, congratulations on your thank uh, you, you too, your heights there to share the Senate Democratic Caucus. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. All right. Okay, uh, I guess Eric, we're gonna take a quick break. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion, and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxshops.com. Why sit in bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill and the University of Washington, or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Link Light Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Link Light Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Link Light Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. Alternative Talk 1150, local talk for the body, mind, and soul. All right, then. Eric, thank you for the tunes. Hey, Evans and Eddie Ryan back in Urban Forum next Northwest with our, my next guest, Dr. Ethan Williams, nationally syndicated Trice Edney Wire, a columnist, uh, national chair and CEO of the National Congress of Black Women. And uh, I open up the Seattle Medium, and here she is. This week, y'all, pick up the Seattle Medium. Dr. Ife Williams' column, Celebrating Black Women, is in there. And in addition to that, Dr. Ife, there is a, a special Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. edition. And uh, they have a picture of yours truly with a, a whole story about how we changed the name of a street to honor Dr. King back in 1981 through 83. It did take a while. It took a while to get the signs up, even after they signed it in the law. But the state Supreme Court did... Uh, uh, let us prevail. So, Dr. Ife, I know you're one of the busiest people around. You also, why don't you just tell us about your, your radio program that you host every Wednesday? Well, it is every Wednesday on WPFW 89.3 FM. And what we do are justice issues. We're always talking about uh, voter suppression and, you know, right, the various rights that we've never been given. We talk about um, reparations. We talk about the Equal Rights Amendment. Whatever the big issue of the day is, you can find us there. Just this past week, we had 
someone that uh, your your listeners who are more chronologically uh, advanced will know, and that is Bev Smith uh, from the old Bev Smith show years ago. She did a similar program to the one that we're doing at WPFWFM, and it and it is streamed. It goes worldwide, so people all over here are program. Um, I've had so many people on, and I and I hope some of my guests will go uh, to your show because I think your listeners uh, should hear them, and I hope we can get some of your people on too that you've had on your show. Uh, I, I'm into all of this unity and sharing and everything that's been going around uh, since we've been able to get rid of number 45. Uh, I was talking uh, my program, and I forgot to say, is in is, uh, in remembrance of the one and only Dick Gregory. Those were the last words I heard him say. He was talking about what was going on in uh, Charlottesville, and he was saying to us, "We need to wake up and stay woke." You know, when you realize what that meant and how uh, the the president could say the things that he said about there are good people on both sides. And, you know, it seemingly defending uh, the, the, the people there who are domestic terrorists, as we now know they, they were. Well, what do you think about the lady that uh, took uh, uh, Nancy Velosi's laptop and well, uh, tried to that, sell it to the unfortunate. I don't know why she's not already in prison and being held in prison, because that is definitely something that is a danger to our nation, just like uh, the attacks on the United States Capitol and all of the people who call themselves Trumpers. But, you know, I'm seeing today that even uh, they are backing away from him and think that they uh, he deserted them or what have you, and I guess that's because he didn't give all of them a pardon. Um, well, anyway, that that woman certainly did something that it, well, you could be called uh, domestic. Um, uh, well, actually, she's, she's a, just a terrorist because it's not just about domestic. We already had Trump giving enough information to the Russians and defending them on uh, so many things. But fortunately, I understand she um, had a problem because there isn't anything on there that's worth giving to the Russians. But at the same time, she made an effort to do it and should be punished and punished severely for it. Yeah, we had uh, six uh, Seattle Police Department officers back there as well. We don't know what involvement they have, but... Uh, you know, that pretty much explains uh, why we have so many shootings of uh, unarmed black folks, because Absolutely. we have folks like that on the police department. Mm -hmm. And even in the in the closing days, the day before uh, the inauguration, there were some National Guardsmen who had to be sent home because they had some suspicious things in their background. Um, I mean, you know, you walk down the street now, you have absolutely no uh, security, no feeling of safety, because you don't know who is out there uh, and who could be trying to do harm to you at any minute. So we all have to be very, very careful. We have to be careful who our friends are, who we let into our homes, into our offices, and into our lives because there are so many people out there who are opposed. And, and, and a lot of this domestic terrorism is, is about not just about Democrats but about black people in particular because it seems that we're hated by them more than anything else and feel that the progress that we've made, all the things we've done as black people for this country, somehow that's a negative on them. I guess it makes them feel insecure or something. Obviously, there's a problem somewhere. But uh, Dr. Ife, uh, uh, could you give our listeners your the email, uh, I mean, the website address for the National Congress of Black Women, oh, as yes, well as information you on so your much. radio it's, program? Um, www, of course, National Congress 
BW.org, and the BW is for black women, National Congress, BW.org, and we're looking for members all over the country, just like we worked so hard as other organizations did in this election. We need more people to be involved in organizations like ours so that we can get this country on the right track. I won't say back on the right track because for black people it has basically never been on the right track totally. I mean, we've made some progress here and there, but there have been as many efforts to tear down what we've done. So we have to be ever vigilant right now, even with someone that, that we trust, with Mr. Biden, uh, President Biden and, and Vice President Harris. They aren't going to be able to stay on our agenda if we don't remind them of what our agenda is. And there's so many things. And one I specifically want to remember, I want everyone to remember that they need to be on this administration about, and that is reparations. No one is owed yeah. reparations more than black people in this country, and we shouldn't be embarrassed to ask for it. Uh, we, we have to start doing that right now. I'm on the National uh, African American uh, Association for Reparations, and uh, I know that that's something we'll be reminding the Biden in, uh uh, administration about. And the other one is for women, equal rights. Women. In this country, the land of the free and the home of the way, women do not have equal rights in this, this country, and we need a law to pass so that we can be considered a part of the laws in this country so that we can take problems we have to the Supreme Court and expect to win those cases. Right now, we don't have that. Now, I'm for all of these things that about unity that, you know, the Biden administration is talking yeah. about, uh, uniting and what have you. But there are people who need to be punished for some of the things that they have done. Otherwise, more will feel that they can come out and do the same thing to wreck this country. And okay, many Dr. Like Dave, we're out of time for today. I have to give you more time next time I'm scheduled for a little okay, bit no more time. Problem. I appreciate it, and I hope everybody will go to my website, nationalcongressbw.org. See you next time. And pick up a copy of the Seattle Medium newspaper. Her column is in there this week. Okay, good. I'll have Thank another you, one next week, hopefully. <laughs> All right, now, well, they love you. They'll have you All in right. there. Okay, Bye. thank you. Okay, our next guest is uh, the chair of uh, Tacoma Pierce County Black Elective former Secretary of the Department of Social Services, former President of Bates Technical College, former Deputy Executive to the Pierce County uh, Executive, Lyle Quasim. How you doing, brother? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. Okay, Hayward Evans is my co-host. He's on there. You know, his brother Stan is a member of, used to see him when we're meeting in person. Uh, Stan is a member of the, of the uh, Black Elective as well. A absolutely, absolutely. Both of those brothers are outstanding and and uh, come out of uh, 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 an outstanding uh, background. So why don't you give our folks an update, because we've been meeting since March virtually like everybody else, but why don't you uh, hit some highlights for accomplishments as a Black elected the past eight or nine months, the people we haven't been able to see each other in person? Well, well first of all, when we met uh, in person, uh, we usually uh, had an attendance of about uh, 50 of people, and that's every Saturday, 52 Saturdays a year. And we had met consecutively uh, without fail for over 50 years. This is our 51st year. One of the significant changes uh, since the pandemic is that we have gone virtual. And um, I thought it might be a difficult space for the Black Collective to handle. Uh, but a year of little faith, that would be me, 
didn't realize that our community would rally and uh, really uh, perform uh, with outstanding turnout. Uh, Last couple of weeks, we've had 120 people uh, come to our Saturday morning meeting, and we are now uh, routinely um, uh, seeing 100 people come every Saturday. We have a very robust agenda. Uh, It is an orderly and predictable dialogue talking about very difficult questions. Uh, We put together in July a coalition document, and that document talked about uh, work, Uh, in the social justice area, work with reference to policing and economic development. Now, this was not an omnibus document that we threw everything in the kitchen sink uh, uh, into this document. We said, what can we do uh, in Pierce County uh, as uh, black African-Americans with reference to three or four things that we didn't have to depend on the National Congress, the state legislature, the city council, the county council, what could we do uh, that would make a difference? And we first looked at policing, uh, the whole issue of body cameras, which is low-hanging fruit, uh, and uh, dashboard cameras. We uh, talked about uh, uh, independent investigations uh, for police misconduct and hiring practices as it relates to uh, police officers, and the big the big deal was to engage uh, with uh, the city of Tacoma, in particular with bargaining uh, for uh, in the collective bargaining process. And uh, on all of those fronts, we have made significant progress. Uh, we've also had a social justice initiative where we're looking at uh, issues for uh, black kids uh, after graduation, uh, moving to uh, careers. Uh, issues around uh, African-American youth and young adults who are homeless. Uh, And uh, we put together a very good initiative working in collaboration with uh, several foundations uh, to look at that uh, cohort uh, and its disproportionately uh, uh, African-American kids. Uh, We are also looking at issues in housing and economic development. Uh, We have a, a long list. Of, of things that we're pursuing, and we are making significant progress in each and every one of those areas. I want to see if my co-host Hayward Evans have a question or comment. Brother Quashem, first of all, I'm glad to have you here, and I am so jealous as a lifelong Seattleite of the Black Collective. Oh, I wish we had something like that here in, in Seattle. It's absolutely needed. Uh, have you been following that arbitration bill to remove the police arbitration uh, that Seattle was proposing? I know they're pushing for it down in Olympia. Is that part I, of the have, collective I, I agenda? Have. First of all, Hayward, uh, um, uh, I am uh, very uh, honored and proud to uh, be a friend of yours. Uh, when Eddie says your name, I just break out into a smile. And uh, uh, I just want to say uh, from one brother to another, uh, I know this is precious time on the radio, but uh, I just want to thank you for who you are and what you do and, and, and the persistence uh, that you have in engaging in this struggle. Well, you know, that's the same way we feel over here. I, I, I'm so proud to have the honor to know you. It, it's it's not even funny. Anytime they say your name, I just break out with a smile. Because I know where your heart is at. Your heart is with, yeah. your heart is with the people. Yeah. I'm going to ask you, what do you think about what just went on in the Capitol? And, and are they going to hold these people accountable? Congressional people um, coming up and inciting that insurgency. 
Should they be held accountable? Uh, the 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 uh, answer is uh, yes and hell yes. Um, you know, every now and then, uh, the uh, specter of racism and how entrenched it is in the fabric of this uh, nation uh, gets peeled back. Now, we see it as African-Americans every day, and we feel it every day. And so these things are not episodic for us. But every now and then, we get to see exactly what institutional racism looks like. Now, we know about police brutality. We know about housing. We know about employment. We know about all of those things. But every now and then, you get to see white people um, uh, really stripping bare uh, their uh, regard for this system and their uh, uh, plea for uh, to uh, alleviate their grievances. And at the core of all of this is uh, black and brown people to whom they think uh, they have a birthright to uh, have an advantage, an institutional advantage. Um, um, and, 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 and you can see it in Washington, D.C., <laughs> where the president of the United States, oh, my God, uh, and the people from Congress that would uh, throw a, uh, a flame on uh, a, a barrel of gasoline and then step back and watch it burn. And, and those folks went into the People's House, the Hall of Congress, and what you see are Congress people frightened. Those folks are scared. Those folks are scurrying. Hey, that looks like how black people feel when the system rains down on us. Uh, but uh, even though there was death and destruction, uh, those folks, uh, uh, the, the protection was lousy, but none of them were hurt. Uh, uh, the Congress uh, 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 members themselves. Now, many other people were hurt, and, and I and I'm, uh, uh, have a great deal of compassion for a death in any form that it arrives for any uh, person, white, black, or, or, or brown. Wow, but, with that note, we're we're out of time, brother. We can okay, have you on for okay, half an hour. Thank you, we'll see thank you, you homeboy. For more I'm time next time you're on. I'm happy huh? to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. Okay, we're going to have you more time because we, we, we need to hear from you, brother. We appreciate okay. you. Thank and you, I'm sir. encouraging everybody, uh, don't wait for a Seattle black elective. Just go ahead and join the Tacoma Pierce County black elective. Yeah. All right? Come on down. We're down, we're down to 17% black folks in the city of Seattle. But once you leave, we have representation. So thank you, Brother Live. We appreciate you. I'll thank see you, you on, on Saturday morning. You bet. All right. So, Eric, we're going to take a quick break before we go to Jamie Elmore. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community, and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the Port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at Port Seattle. Org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.ctacshops.com.
www.bumpertraffic.com. Why sit in bumper-to-bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill in the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Linklight Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Linklight Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Linklight Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. Alternative Talk 1150. Talk radio for the body, mind, and soul. Eddie Ryan, hey, what happens back to Urban Forum Northwest with our, with our next guest, and that's uh, Jamie Elmore, uh, salon owner, uh, founder of the Alopecia Support Group, and editor-in-chief of Ball Life Magazine, and this is an outstanding production, and hey, would I have to show you one, but I'm sending them to Angela's assistant because she reviews everything for Angela, but this needs to go places. Congratulations, Jamie. Thank you so much, Mr. Rye. I appreciate all that you do for me. Um, it's just amazing. Thank you for having me today. Okay, why don't you tell us a little bit about the magazine? How'd you come up with that idea and concept and where can people access it? Okay, awesome. Well, um, I came up with the idea a few years ago. I was a, um, a writer for several other magazine publications. And then I had the opportunity to be on the cover of a magazine. And at that time, I realized that there was not a magazine for the bald community, for people that was dealing with hair loss. And I was like, you know what? I have to create something for us. So that's where the idea came um, for Bald Life Magazine. And basically what it is, it features men, women, and children from all over the world that um, we share their stories. It's a platform for individuals to heal, to find their voice, and to feel safe and to know that, you know, we may be suffering from hair loss, but, yes, we can be in the magazine, and, yes, we can create our own community because what society has done, um, Mr. Rye, is it's enforced a lie that the narrow vision of beauty is reserved for only those individuals that have hair. And so here at Ball Life, Ball Life Magazine, um, we beg to differ, and we like to show um, our community and the world that um, we still have a place in society, and we have we, we are beautiful, and we have something to bring to the table. If they check out the magazine, they will actually see uh, some, I mean, fabulous work. I mean, uh, the, the shiny paper. I mean, it's just well put together. And it's obviously you've had some experience uh, in this industry. I want to see if my co-host Hayward Evans had a question or comment for you, Jamie. Jamie, uh, first of all, thank you for being here. They need to pick up that magazine when you were on the front page. You talk about beautiful. Come on. I said, oh, yeah. That's all right with me. Uh, so now what other programs do you have coming up? Okay. Well, um, actually, right now we are in the midst of two campaigns. We have a wig campaign where we are giving away nine wigs um, to the community for individuals that may be in financial need or they just need, they don't have um, a way to, 
to uh, purchase a wig. So we're giving away nine wigs. And then also we are giving away Barbie dolls, bald Barbie dolls. I mean, whoever would have thought that someone that looks like me or a little girl that's dealing with hair loss will be able to purchase and have a, a Barbie doll that looks like them. And so we're giving away, we have about 40, 42 Barbie dolls that we have, we've been shipping out all over the world, and little girls are getting these Barbie dolls, and it's just changing their lives and putting a smile on their face and letting them know that, um, you know, that they that they matter and that they are beautiful as well. So that's the main thing that we have going on right now. And, of course, our third volume of Vault Life magazine will be coming out in April of this year. Well, with me, it's like this. That that uh, bowl Barbie, that's going to be a collectible. I see that thing 20 years from now. That might be worth some serious money. I think so. I think so. I can't take the credit for it, but um, I'm glad that that industry saw the need and they um, they met the need. And so I'm just honored and excited to have um, a team of writers as well that's on my team. So I have writers that are from all over the world as well. We have a trichologist. We have doctors. We have health and fitness. We have finances. So the way that we picked our writers, they either had to have alopecia or be living with some type of hair loss condition, or they had to work in the industry. So they had to have a market where they service people that are dealing with hair loss. And so you're not only going to um, see beautiful faces and read the beautiful stories, but you're going to get educated. You're going to learn more about um, just life in general. So this magazine is not just for people that are dealing with hair loss, but anybody when they pick up this magazine, they're going to read an article and something that they can apply to their lives as well. So we have just a huge team, a global movement from all over, and I'm just totally excited and, and honored to have um, this responsibility to have a place um, in the uh, media world. So well, Jamie, would you give our listeners your contact information that you want to make made public before we go right now? Yes. Yeah, so um, if your listeners are interested in purchasing the magazine, you can either – purchase a download digital copy or a hard copy, and you can go to baldlifemagazine.com, baldlifemagazine.com. And, of course, we are on Instagram. We're on Facebook. And, of course, if they can't find us that way, they can reach out to Jamie Elmore as well. So please help support us. Okay, Jamie. Hey, congratulations, and thanks a lot. And thank you for, um, for the opportunity. Okay. okay. All right. Before we go, I want to say happy birthday to my good friend, Joe Godot. Uh, he, I think he's a little younger than me. But anyway, happy birthday, Joe Godot. And also want to thank uh, the Port of Seattle Sound Transit, the City of Seattle's Personal Construction Services Office, Concourse Concessions, SeaTac Bar Group, LLC, and Stephanie Ogle for making the program possible. Hey, whatever's I will talk with you again on uh, next Thursday.